Welcome back to the Monday to Monday podcast. On this episode, we speak to Loner about his songwriting, winning a Grammy with her, his song that's currently gaining traction on TikTok, and the upcoming tour with YBN Corday. Today's guest is Loner. How's it going, man? What's going on? I'm happy to be here. Good to be here. Hell yeah. I know we're messing with your music, so I'm happy you came through. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. So first question, I wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit about where you're from and then also when you knew that you were going to take music seriously, it was going to be your career. Okay, cool. Um, So I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Okay. In the Cove, the beach town. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I was actually born in Encino, California, and me and my mom were kind of just, you know, traveling together. And we figured out that we're going to live on the uh, East Coast. So, you know, brought me there. How old were you? I was about, shit, uh, like eight years old. Okay. Yeah, so like I was in elementary school and, you know, we, we I was really traveling a lot when we were young. Travel, we drove across country. Cause you know money, money was a little tight back then. So we're I've just done that drive. That's a long news. drive. Yeah, it is. Definitely. <laughs> it was fun though. Like yeah. being young, it was like it was like a dream come true. It was almost like a vacation. Like, oh, we're going to all fifty states. You know. Yeah, we're true. Tra- traveling across the country, it was dope. Yeah, you yeah. get to see a lot. Yeah, definitely. There was there was so much. I I can barely remember because I was so young. But I have like little like figments like in my in my memory. Like oh, I remember this when we were like Arizona. Seeing the the dinosaurs, right? Um, the like statues or whatever, wherever that is. But yeah, it was yeah, dope. I've seen that. That's cool, man. And so, so you go to Cape Cod, uh-huh. you spend time there, and like, when do you know that this is like a career for you? So, like, my whole life, like, literally, music just felt like it was destined for me. Like in the womb, I was like subconsciously taking that in because my mom is an artist as well. Oh, okay. So like, what type of artist? Um, she does jazz, you know, sings, uh, very very beautiful music. You know, her name's uh, McKellen Roger. Kellen Roger. Yeah, McKellen Roger. McKellen. Yeah. Is it on Spotify? Uh, yeah, it actually is. I was actually checking out her streams the other day, and I was I was like proud. I was like, okay, mom, you got the streams <laughs> up still oh, to cool. this day. But yeah, um, yeah. So like. I I was literally as an infant, you know, in the womb, just in the studio. I was always around creatives, you know. Everybody around me and my family was doing something artistic, so like it didn't even seem like you know I I was gonna go anywhere else. Like it felt like that this was what it was. Like this is where I had to go. So yeah, um, I've always kind of been like I was in like high school, you know, middle school. Um, getting kicked out of class for tapping on on the tables uh. and the kids would like tell on me to the teacher like yo I can't concentrate because he won't stop tapping his pencil <laughs> the like kids it, told on you it yeah. wasn't the teacher <laughs> yeah it was a, yeah it was the kids then then the teacher started listening in she would get aggravated with me and then like yeah whatever so we'd be in the in the cafeteria I'd be the one making the beats while everyone's rapping and like just doing all that type of stuff so um, like it really has just been like uh, around me like my whole life and um. I started um, getting on to like actually making music, like beginning of high school, and I had I had the uh, software Logic. Okay. And I just started making beats and just playing around with a hobby. I would bring all my homies through, and I make a beat, and then we just you know fuck around and just like be um, freestyling like on the mic. And I had like all the equipment, so like everybody would come over and we just like go crazy. And like I I even worked at a grocery store and like. 
I um they would I would get in trouble there because like you know you're not supposed to have your phone out while you're working, and I would be like I would have my phone in the box that I'm like stalking shit with, recording mem like uh, voice memos like of melodies that I'm thinking off the top. So people would be walking by in the store thinking I'm insane because I'd just be like singing to a box type shit. So that's funny. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's and awesome. then from there, like, I just started to learn to write. Like, once I got the beat making down, I would write and just, you know, it brought me here to New York City. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I wanted to talk about your writing. So in addition to being an artist, you're also a songwriter mm -hmm. and, like, actually a successful Grammy award-winning songwriter. Thank you. Thank so you. So congratulations <laughs> thank on you. that. appreciate that. Um, tell us a little bit about being a songwriter, you know, like, because there's a lot of... um. So the podcast has a lot of emerging artists and a lot of uh -huh. aspiring artists listening. Yeah. And so there might be some artists who never really tried their hand at songwriting or people mm -hmm. who want to, but just don't know about it. Like, tell us a little bit about the ins and outs. Yeah. So, I mean, songwriting is actually a very beautiful thing because when you're making music for somebody else, you have to put yourself or try to put yourself in their shoes. And even if you're not, like, you have to write in a way where it makes sense for them. So like it's it's really dope just trying to figure out things and it's just like it, it's it's communication is key because when you when you talk as a songwriter when you talk to that artist and you learn who they are as a person like you start coming up with more ideas that relate to them that makes and then sense. that's when they resonate with you more and you build a relationship so like songwriting is like like one on one on you know human communication and human connection. But uh, sorry, my phone's going off right now. Oh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so like uh, songwriting has definitely um, helped me in many ways, even outside of the studio. But yeah. How'd you win that Grammy? Um, so I actually, is a funny story. I, I create, so like to go back, I created a song back home. And uh, my partner slash manager um, showed it to her. And she was messing with the song. Um, so I got ended up getting into a session with her. And after that, we just became really tight friends. And she kept inviting me to more um, writing sessions and camps and stuff like that. So um, uh, the first couple songs that we actually wrote together made it onto her um, first EP or her second EP. Sorry. Okay. And then that... Um, was ended up being a part of the album that she came out with and uh so like i, I made it i had a couple songs in the album so like it it, it transpired through there ah uh, okay i see what you're saying what yeah. are the name of the songs um free hopes up and those those are the only ones right yeah free free and hopes up so okay. free and hopes up around the thing and then after that it was just um ongoing work with her Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna throw those in the playlist so everyone can hear them. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't I didn't even think it. about that. So the communication thing is key. Yeah, communication is very key. Like, um, and I mean, I'm I'm sure there's some writers that can just you know, like not even say words and just pen go go crazy with it. But um, that's how I I do it, and I feel like you need uh, a certain level of connection with with that artist to you know just keep moving forward with music. Yeah, I think. I've heard stories of someone, you know, you write a song for a certain artist and a different artist gets to use it uh -huh. or ends up using it. Right. But I think the way you're talking with the communication with the artist is a better way to actually get the song to the person you're aiming for. Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, that's definitely more for like, um, 
if you're if you're creating the song with that artist, like if you're in the room, you're in the stu- like studio from scratch, and you guys are just like working, and that's how I like writing best. It's just working with those artists like in the room and just you know feeling everything out. Cause sometimes you could just write a song and, it, and it's just a feel good song, and then people like people will say this like, oh, this feels like um, a Travis Scott song, or this feels like a Taylor Swift song. Like, oh, we could pitch this. If like if it doesn't work for you, we could pitch this to this person because it's their vibe. So yeah, cool man. Yeah, that's cool. And then I wanted to talk about um, AM. So the song AM, like, tell us a little bit about like how you came up with that song and like when you were making it. Like, where were you? So I was actually in LA and um this was the this was the week of the Grammys. Oh shit. And so like I was out there for the Grammys and we were like, yo, while we're out here, um uh, we might as well, you know, get in the session. I um so I got I got into a session with these producers, Jordan Ware and Legion. What year is this? Um this was this was last year. So last year, um almost around this time, it was like March, was it? Oh, yeah. So like around February, like this, around this time uh, last year. And um, it was crazy because I actually we were working on or we were going to the studio the night before and they played me the track. And at first I was like, OK, I was like, what would I do on, on this beat? And we we actually went to uh, another studio. We were going to go meet some people. And so like we didn't get around to it. And then the next day we came back and then it was just like flowing. It was crazy. And I think we were on, we were on, was that Melrose? It was, I forget where the studio was, but um, yeah, I, I remember there was like a giant teddy bear <laughs> like in the, in the session. So like I, I was just sitting on the teddy bear, like messing with it, like beating it up, like while we were in the session, just having fun, just being fools. And then um, like I just go, I like to go um, on to the mic pause and, uh, just like do uh, melodies and stuff. And I'll just like, I'll just freestyle melodies, hum melodies. And the melodies started coming out and like, we would start be like, okay, this is fire, piece it together. And we start writing the whole thing and it just, it happened so smooth. Yeah. Damn. Okay. And then, um, yeah, the song is smooth and that's, that's sound like a fun session. I appreciate that. Yeah. And no, it definitely was. We were just, yeah, I was, I was, I was pretending to hump the teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, a little too much information, but you know, well, fuck, we like to have fun. Um, just trying to make everybody laugh. I'm so usually f- like that. <laughs> so for everyone listening, uh, the song is going up on TikTok now. Yeah, sure. Like, tell us a little bit about what's it like to have a song going up on TikTok because you're the first person on the podcast to really have that. And mm. also, I think what makes you interesting is that. You're a Grammy Award winning artist who has a song going up on TikTok where I feel like a lot of times it's not the case. So um, like when did you notice it was going up? And then who who was the first person of of like importance or like of like fame who posted a video for your song? Like um, when were you like, holy, holy crap, like it's happening, you know? For AM. Um so man. When when AM like started to blow on TikTok, we were actually on tour, and you know like um, me and my partner were literally every day just checking the streams, keeping up with it, seeing like how it was going, how it was moving, how can we promote. And then all of a sudden, the the TikTok thing started happening, like it was like almost overnight. Like we were at like what two hundred thousand streams, and then it just started going up, 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 and it was like two hundred k a day. 
type thing. Uh. So like I was just like I was dumbfounded. And so to be like on tour traveling the country at the same time seeing like the song was doing so good, like I just I I really felt amazing. Um it's definitely a blessing by God and just having like a lot of good people around me who care about me, who care about the the mission, you know what I'm saying? Um Who were you on tour with? I was on tour with Soli Hat. Okay. Yeah. And so we, we toured the country, like we literally just got off. Um it, that ended around December, early to mid December. And so that's a lot of good guys, you know what I'm saying? We were vibing, having fun, just cracking jokes the whole time. Just, you know, living life. But uh the first the first person that actually posted was her. And on TikTok? Oh uh, oh on TikTok. Or just, uh, I guess just in general, but yeah, who was general, the first person on TikTok? Uh, the first person on TikTok was um, Charlie. Charlie DeMeo. That made the dance. And it was actually um, a couple of TikTok-like innovators or um, influencers, what, what they call them. And they all like were doing their dance and they all kind of were catching clout. But like the the dance that stuck was by Charlie and she she blew that, blew that shit up. <laughs> Probably still on her page. I can go check it out right oh, now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's on there. Um, so her her made a video. Uh, she didn't make a video, but like, I thought you were ta- like speaking in terms of, like a shout out. Like she she shouted my shit out, but um, you know we're, we're such good friends. Like I don't I really don't even look at her as her. Like I look at her as like my my homie. You know what I'm saying? Like if if someone would be like, yo, if I was in a room with her and they were like, yo, who you with right now? I'd be like, I'm just with the homie. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna try to look for clout because like. We actually have like a cool connection, but um, so far, yeah, it was just like uh, TikTok influencers that you know really pushed pushed the song and like shouted it out. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think like who was there anybody crazy that? A lot of people did the joint song. Um, the Low Pass Twins. Oh, Low Pass Twins, yeah. But people, yeah, just just recently, they they like people have actually been shouting it out and like put it on their page. So it's yeah. going up right now. How how many plays like per week now? Shoot, um, we're, we're still going like two hundred k. So we're in the middle of it. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the middle. That's so, what's up. Yeah, that's crazy. Middle of the rise, and then so um, we're about to be on this uh, YBN Corday tour. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. So YBN Corday, have you met him before? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Um, I actually, uh, I pulled up to a session one time. That was the first time, like, I met him. We, you know, we just dapped it up. Um, and then I, I met him at a rehearsal for, like, one of one of his performances. And, you know, we just, like, chopped it up real quick, dapped him up. So, having been on tour and now about to go on this tour with YB and Corday, like, where's your mind at? Or, like, what are you focused on, you know? My mind is just on, you know, captivating fans and really um, just putting that energy out on stage. Like I, I was saying to someone earlier, like I, I started my first mosh pit in LA <laughs> for the last tour. So like I want to I want to go even crazier. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? I want that energy to be on 10 while we're out there. And I just want to show people, you know, all the sides to me because like I have cool, chill sides. You know what I'm saying? I'm a loner. I got the introverted side. But at the same time, like, we like to have fun. We like to go crazy. We like to laugh, so. Yeah, no, I, I was looking at your Instagram. I saw show footage. The crowd really loves you, man. Yo, they, they were showing love. And, and I th- I'm pretty sure that video that you're talking about, that was at, um, that was in Utah. 
Salt yeah, Lake City. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I checked this. I checked so, the town because I was like, "Damn, where is this?" Yeah, and like Salt Lake City, you think, okay, this is a chill, quiet little town, but they were on ten like the whole day. Like I was in the I was in the green room just chilling while people were performing, and I could hear their screams like shaking the building, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I, I'm ready. I'm ready." So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've tour managed before myself, and sometimes the smaller cities are uh-huh. the craziest ones. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like that. Like I kind of understand that coming from Cape Cod because it's like when well, you don't have a lot to do. Yeah. Exactly. You when you find the stuff that you want to do, you do it big. Like you go big or go home. That's what we always say. So like like if you were to go to Cape Cod and get live with us, like it's gonna be a it's gonna be an all night affair. We're just gonna go crazy. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. So what's the like the best part about touring and what's the worst? Best part about touring, um, I feel like personally I'm I'm a weird dude, so like my favorite part about touring is just seeing the different type of sceneries and just seeing like the different um like layouts of states. You know what I'm saying? Like we were um we were in Phoenix, Arizona, going into San Diego, and that was just the craziest shit looking out the window. It's like one minute. It's just barren land. Next minute is dan- like dunes. It's like sand dunes. Just people like riding on quads and shit. And I was like, oh, I was like, can we stop? Can we ride the quads real quick? Like, uh, we we can get, be a little late to the show. But like, um, and you love Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. The story when you were a kid too. Huh? Oh yeah, Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> the visuals in Arizona are crazy. Like I, I don't know. Like everything you see, it's just like it just looks lively, like nature wise. And then, so, like, then we get into San Diego and we get into the mountains. You see all the rocks. You see goats and shit. And, like, so that's, like, that's kind of, like, my favorite part is just, like, you know, thinking, like, I'm a thinker. And I like to look out the window and just, like, envision shit. And then, shit, the worst part about tour, um, I think getting up early and Mm. fucking going straight to the road. Yeah, a lot of driving. A lot of driving. Lobby calls are, like in the AM so like I'm just like oh I had to I had to hop out of bed yeah hop out of bed rock out again (laughs) you feel me yeah but um crazy uh yeah we so like you have a show then the night of the show like I would have to pack my bag because I know I'm not gonna do that shit in the morning and then we get right back on but it's really nothing like I, I can't even really say anything bad about touring because the tour life is just so fun just like maybe towards the end it gets a little exhausting but you know yeah, that's something people it's don't realize it. is that when you're on tour after the show, you're really not going, trying to go crazy because you got to yeah, get up early. No. And I did go crazy a couple times, but like that was just in the beginning. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on these shows. You know what I'm saying? Focus on what I, focus on the bag, get to that bag. And then you packed your bag the night after the show? Yeah, right. Night after. I was just ready <laughs> for the morning just to get to that next one. Um, Yeah. So... Last question, man. I wanted to talk to you about your team. Like if there's anyone that you're working with that you want to highlight, like who on your team brings something to the table that really helps you out? And like, what is it? My team. Um, shoot. And, and um, you know, this that's the big bro. Like he he's with me every day, you know, pretty much coaching me. Like he's, 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 on, he's on that, um, he's on that mentor type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he'll literally tell me, like, every day, like, okay, we got to do this. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, coaching me through life type shit. And I, I feel like as an artist, you really need that because there are a lot of, you know, voices and people trying to get to you. And especially with success, people are going to try to get to you and, you know, try to try to flip the script. So, like, to have somebody, 
as real as Ant by my side, you know what I'm saying? Keeping me level-headed, keeping me grounded, you know what I'm saying? Like, helping me through shit that I'm I'm dealing with. And, like, you really do need somebody that's real to you. You can't, you can't have a yes-man if you want success. You got, like, you got to have someone that is going to tell you shit you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it because then that's just, that's more room for growth. Yeah. And... And right now, like we're we're just in the in the midst of um, building the whole team up, like from scratch. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanna, my goal is to build a family. You know what I'm saying? Not to have like people I'm working with, but to have brothers and sisters that are doing and working towards the same goal. That's cool. That's a cool way of uh, putting it too, because a lot of people are thinking that you got to have everyone on your team be focused on the business all the time, like the business, business, business. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times. You need people you can trust, and a lot of times you yeah. need people who are there for you emotionally. Exactly, emotionally, and like if you if you if you if you have people that are there for you emotionally, it builds that bond. And when you're working towards something, it, it makes it easier. There's no conflict, you know what I'm saying? Because you're doing this for people that you love. So yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's why I see it. Yeah, I tell a lot of um, young artists that a lot of times the best manager is just someone who really believes in you mm-hmm. and is willing to work hard. And that's the that's the best feeling, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, and someone who believes believes in you isn't always necessarily going to tell you, "Oh, that was great." Sometimes yeah. they're going to tell you, "Like that shit sucked." Or, Hopefully, they don't. Yeah, yeah <laughs> facts. <laughs> Dead ass. But yes, like they're going to tell you, like you know what I'm saying, that shit sucked, or you need to do better. Because if you don't, then it's a slippery slope down to, you know, nowhere. For real. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, bro. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. yeah. I just told Richie we bitch. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, subscribe, rate, and review. And stay tuned for episodes every Monday.